Hi, I'm David Rothkopf, the CEO of the DSR Network and host of the Deep State Radio podcast. Here at DSR, we have always believed that in a world as complex, fast-moving, and full of risks as ours, we all need access to the best minds. That is why we have created the leading network for expert podcasts on the issues of the day you care about. We go in-depth on politics, the law, national security, foreign policy, intelligence, defense, climate, and new technologies with regular and special guests that are the leading voices in their fields. We also offer daily updates on global news, our DSR Daily, and on a key story of the day through our partnership with the New Republic. That is why over a million times a month, people like you choose to spend time with our hosts and guests. Membership is what supports this, and members get special benefits, including bonus content in virtually all of our podcasts. It's a big deal, and it's a good deal. Our monthly membership price is going to go up for the first time in our history on March 1st. So now is the time you can lock in our founder's rate of just $5 a month. To do so, go to the dsrnetwork.com and click on membership. It's that easy, but don't delay. Today's rates will only be available for a few more weeks. Join us, support us. Go to the dsrnetwork.com right now. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the DSR Daily. I'm David Rothkopf, one of your hosts, joined by your other hosts, Chris Cottonwire and Riley Fesser. How are you doing, guys? Great. Pretty good. Excellent. What do you got to kick us off here, Chris? All eyes were on Michigan as they held the Democratic and Republican uh, primaries yesterday. Um, of note in the Democratic primary was uh, the write-in of uncommitted uh, to express their dissatisfaction over the Biden administration's handling um, of the Israel conflict. Uh, and there was nothing really to say about the Republican side. Um, Trump <clears throat> Trump won relatively easily. And on to Super Tuesday, which is, uh, in fact, next Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to be kind of middling Tuesday because there's no real drama in this race. Trump's going to be the Republican candidate barring some catastrophe, um, which could happen to him. Uh, and uh, Biden's going to be the Democratic candidate. Uh, I was pleased to see there was a kind of a informed shift among the pundits uh, to acknowledge that Biden... Uh, get having 13% of the vote go to uncommitted um, was only 2% above where Obama was in his run for re-election on that. But that's not an egregiously high number. Uh, and I think that it suggests um, that Biden's still in relatively strong shape, um, although nobody is taking this for granted. The the uncommitted vote in Dearborn, Michigan, was uh, higher than the Biden vote. Uh, so in this concentration of an Arab-American community, uh, there is uh, 
there is still great uh, uh, anger over over the administration's policies with regard to Gaza. Riley? Well, after a lot of uncertainty, uh, we now know that the date has been set for Alexei Navalny's funeral. Um, originally, there was kind of reports that the Russian government had issued his wife an ultimatum about kind of they had she had to attend this secret funeral to receive his body. And, and it seems now that uh, his body has been turned over. Um, they will be hosting the funeral in Moscow. But still drama as venues kind of refused this. Uh, one even revealed that they had been forbidden from dealing with the Navalny's. Um, so, I mean, the government continues to kind of disrespect Navalny and his family, uh, even after his death. Um, I think there's not unfounded fears that his funeral will kind of spark a wider protest again. Um, so it's something to watch uh, coming on Friday. I, I, I'm sure that there's still going to be interference from the government and police uh, and his widow uh, expressed as much during her speech at the European Parliament. Yeah, I mean, the Russian government's afraid of Navalny even in death because Navalny stands for something greater than they do, which is the future of Russia, the future of freedom, opposition to their corruption, opposition to their brutality, uh, opposition to their authoritarian rule. Uh, and if it's not Navalny, it'll be somebody else. They fear it might be his wife. Uh, I do not think she is safe. Um, and um, uh, they certainly don't want this uh, prior to uh, the March elections to blow up um, into into something, even though there's no chance Putin will lose that, that, that election. Um, but this, you know, there is an undercurrent in Russia, uh, as there always is in authoritarian countries, uh, the, and that could at some point explode into something uh, more politically meaningful. I think anybody who cares about the people of Russia hopes that's sooner rather than later. Chris? Congressional leaders and President Biden expressed optimism that they could reach a a spending agreement before the deadline on Friday. Um, Speaker Mike Johnson has indicated that he's willing to, or at least showing that he's willing to listen, um, despite the fact that they discussed uh, a number of contentious issues, including uh, abortion medication access, gun purchase restrictions for veterans, and uh, foreign aid uh, for Ukraine and Israel which, of course, um, has been held up because of border funding uh, disagreements. Um, so, you know, again, watching this story closely, you know, at the end of the day, they'll come to an agreement. Nobody wants to be responsible for a government shutdown. Um, but, you know, this is what we're, we're you know, what, th third month of three or three of the last four months we've had these uh looming over our heads um like it's time to get this budget balanced and passed uh if uh, anybody worked in a company and there was anybody who behaved as recklessly as the house of representatives and sometimes the senate of the united states uh those people would be instantly fired uh they don't do the minimum things that they should do like pass budgets balance budgets deal with the needs of the people deal with the issues that the institutions were created to deal with. 
Um, I think uh, the Biden administration has handled this about as well as it can be handled. Uh, I think they have averted the crisis. I think the drama in yesterday's meetings, according to the participants, including Senate Majority Leader uh, Chuck Schumer, was around Ukraine. Uh, as everybody except Johnson said, we've got to do this or we're going to lose in Ukraine. Ukraine's going to lose. Russia's going to win. Um, and uh, it will be interesting uh, and uh, highly, highly important to the future of um, uh, this country, its standing, Ukraine, its ability to survive the Western alliance and Russia. Uh, to see how this gets handled in the next few days. Uh, if Johnson doesn't take any of this in, if he's so afraid of the extreme right in his party that he doesn't move on this Ukraine aid issue, um, it could become a historical calamity that people study for decades to come. Riley? Well, we covered on this show that uh, President Biden had kind of expressed optimism for a resolution uh, in terms of a temporary ceasefire in Gaza by upcoming Monday. Um, but we've kind of had officials from Israel, Hamas, and Qatar say, pump the brakes on the optimism because they have all kind of said that there's not really anything immediately on the horizon. Uh, Israeli officials said that, you know, they're ready to make a deal and you know, are still talking, but there's not anything right on the horizon. Uh, a Hamas official denied any awareness of an imminent agreement. And Qatar as well said that there's a positive trajectory, but nothing, you know, that we can count on, especially as soon as Monday. Um, the U.S. State Department, on the other hand, echoed Biden's optimism. So, I mean, it seems like there's certainly disagreement on how close a deal is. I, mean, I think we all hope that it is coming soon and would like to believe uh, Biden's optimism and share it, but it seems like there is kind of a bit more work to be done before something tangible can be kind of achieved and announced. Uh, yeah, I, I talked to our friend Alon Pincus, who's in Israel right now, and he's been talking to people there and people in the U.S. I've been talking to people in the U.S. Uh, and and we both seem to come to a similar conclusion, which is that the United States government is somewhat optimistic. Um, that there can be a hostage deal and a ceasefire deal. Um, but that Biden's reference to Monday uh, may have been uh, uh, overly optimistic. Uh, and what Alon suggested was that actually the date to keep in mind is March 10th. Why? Because that's the beginning of Ramadan. Uh, and there are a variety of reasons why undertaking this uh, ceasefire prior to the beginning of Ramadan, so that there is um, uh, it, so it extends through Ramadan, makes some sense. Uh, Netanyahu has been uh, difficult on this. Um, uh, Hamas has been difficult on this. Uh, so you know, getting any kind of deal is far from a short thing until it's implemented. Keeping the deal once it's implemented. Uh, is far from a sure thing. Um, uh, but I think net-net, if you talk to senior U.S. officials, getting some kind of deal done before the beginning of Ramadan uh, seems likely. Chris? 
former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro, uh, in addition to facing uh, charges, uh, including a plot um, to plan a coup, stealing diamonds, um, spying on political opponents, he can now add uh, um, harassing a humpback whale. Um, apparently, in Brazil, there's a law that states that your boat has to be at least 100 meters from the humpback whale. Uh, it was reported that Bolsonaro was about 15 meters away. Um, but when you have no passport uh, and you know you can't leave the country and you're the charges against you are mounting, I guess, you know, harassing humpback whales is the way to go. Perhaps uh, in the coming weeks, we will see uh, Trump um, out on <laughs> some body of water uh, harassing humpback whales. Yeah, well, Trump feels, Trump feels that uh, windmills in the ocean are bad for the whales. Uh, he's taken actually a pro-whale stance. Um, my sense is that uh, uh, whales are extremely intelligent and wouldn't want to have anything to do with either one of these characters. Um, uh, and to that end, because we do try to direct your attention to interesting articles, there's an interesting article this week in The Atlantic on how AI might someday be used to decipher the language of sperm whales, uh, which has apparently helped organize them into coherent societies since the ice age. And um, there, you know, is expressed in the article concerns that if we were able to decipher that language and we were to begin to communicate with the whales, we might say the wrong thing, um, which could have a bad effect. Um, I thought it was a fascinating article. Um, and, uh, 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 if so, if you really care about whales, go read that um, and and try to uh, avoid any kind of contact with these other two characters. Uh, Riley, what's your last one up? Sadly, it's not whale-related, but I really wish that it was. Well, I hope we do whale-related on a regular basis and, and instead of, frankly, Lego-related because, you know, we had this Lego story and I said these things that were just jokes about Lego. Because frankly, I just didn't take Lego that seriously. Chris, on the other hand, wisely took the pro Lego stance, and we have ha had letters and emails from people, you know, commending Chris for ch being a champion of the arts, and and condemning me for being a troll, uh, an anti Lego troll. So I just want to say, look, I had Lego. I'm a normal person. I, you know, it's fine. I was just making a joke. And I am now going to shift all of my attention to trying to communicate with whales. Riley. I would also like to establish my own pro-Lego stance. Um, but You know, Chris has really cornered us in this one. He's like yeah. clearly the champion of Lego. Uh, there'll be more letters tomorrow. Like, why do you continue to make fun of Chris? We're not. We admire Chris day in and day out. Chris is, is that not Chris correct, is Riley? champion. I simply reported a story about a guy who <laughs> is doing some nice things with Legos, and you you bashed him. I don't feel any. I I, I don't feel like anyone's piling on me. 
I just feel like they're not you piled. They on love the, you. The Lego. Yeah, fans. They love you. The Lego fans are like now turning into the Chris Cottonwork caucus. Um, it's a political movement in America. Everything oh, is awesome. And- Everything is cool when you're part of the team. Wow. That's a good that's wow. a good reference. That is a really nice reference. Uh Riley, where are you going here? Uh, <laughs> well, to to pivot. Uh the South Korean defense minister has uh told reporters that uh North Korea has sent about six thousand seven hundred containers containing millions of rounds of munitions to Russia since just September. And we knew that North Korea and Iran were giving kind of more material to Russia, but the extent of North Korea's involvement is pretty staggering. Uh, he suggested that the containers might carry more than 3,152,000,000 artillery shells or 500,000,000,000 rounds uh, or some combination of the two. And it's kind of amazing because in North Korea, most of their munition factories are running at about 30% capacity due to lack of electricity and raw materials. But those producing artillery for Russia are operating at, quote, full swing. And part of that is because Russia is providing North Korea with food and raw materials uh, in exchange, which supposedly has kind of stabilized their food prices. So it just kind of goes to show that their partnership is a stabilizing force for both pretty unstable regimes, especially North, in the case of North Korea with their food issues. Well, you know, let's not jump to conclusions here. There have been other stories this week that suggest that only half of these North Korean shells actually work. You know, so, you know, I mean, it looks like they're doing something, um, but it's not exactly what it appears to be. And uh, uh, maybe slightly over half of the shells are not working, uh, which is what you could expect because North Korea is not exactly you know, um, the, the Germany of, you know, arms technology where it's, you know, produces great high tech stuff. Um, uh, having said that they're all just hanging on to survive. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we have to take this into consideration as the Europeans are already doing, you know, the, the Danes and others have said, Hey, we'll give you everything we got. Uh, I also think an interesting other trend, which has now uh, involved two countries first, uh, uh, the the French, was to say, if needs be, we will send our own troops to Ukraine. Um, You know, it's a last ditch uh, uh, promise, uh, but it's way, way, way further than the United States has ever said it would go. Uh, And so Europe is stepping up to uh, 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 a degree that nobody would have even imagined a couple of years ago. Uh, we're going to watch this. You know, they, they, we're in a really interesting moment here, really interesting pivotal moment. You know, if there is no budget, uh, if there is a budget deal and and uh, there is no government shutdown, if there is a deal to get the Ukraine aid through, if there is some kind of ceasefire in Gaza, it changes the complexion of things quite a bit. If none of these things happen, uh, it's going to make for a very, very uh, rough and difficult uh, year. Uh, and most of them will be able to see whether they're going to happen in the next couple of days. So that's what we're going to keep our eye on here. 
Um, uh, Chris and Riley, once again, thank you for bringing these great stories to our attention. And uh, for those of you who want more perspective on what's going on in the world, today is Wednesday, which means this is the day that the DSR Mothership, the, the podcast that started it all, Deep State Radio, will be uh, issuing another podcast. Uh, and we've got more to come, uh, including Barb McQuaid with her new book next uh, tomorrow. And uh, another uh, interesting episode of Words Matter, another interesting episode of We're All Gonna Die Radio. Uh, so um, uh, keep an eye out for these things. Join us again here each and every day. Uh, and until then, bye bye. <laughs>